Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining me today. Very excited to talk about your journey, talk about Water Bear, sort of its mission and vision. I'm a big fan of the platform, but you know, even bigger fan of using sort of content and, and creators to to showcase voices and showcase people, you know, around the world doing really cool things. Uh, so I know that's a big Water Bear effort. Uh, it's a big effort for me at Cause Artists, but. Before we jump into to what you're up to now as, as being CEO of Water Bear, talk about a little talk a little bit about your journey and maybe path uh, to become CEO of Water Bear. What was that like? Hi, Grant. Yeah, no, it's it's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I uh, full transparency have have been on the road for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> been, uh, just catching up on some on some on some sleep and just got back into the office after some exciting days, which we'll we'll come to on the podcast. Um, sure. Yeah, I guess my. Um, my journey began as a very uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed teenager, just becoming obsessed with the natural world. You know, I went and uh, had some amazing opportunities to to uh, watch some incredible films, and I you could find me plugged into the Discovery Channel or to you know the Crocodile Hunter or Steve Irwin or you know I just yeah. used to be obsessed with content, and I'd sit there all night watching watching incredible stories and just wishing I was out there. And then as I kind of moved forward into my studies, I I became obsessed even further, and you know started to study biology. And, and natural sciences. And it was just a, a dream come true. I couldn't believe that I could actually get an education and, you know, take a degree in something I cared about so much. And it's always something I say to to people now, you know, if you want to study something, make sure you love it. And yeah. I absolutely love the natural world. But I also knew that I didn't want to become a, a scientist. And, uh, you know, I did that through through trying it and spent some time on research stations in the jungle, which huh. was pretty cool. Uh, but then it was, yeah, in, in one of these research stations that I, I found photography. There was an old army photographer there and I just annoyed him basically for, for, <laughs> for three months and begged him to teach me how to take photos and make images. And, and that was it. I was hooked. And, and when I got back from that trip, I uh, decided to learn how to tell stories and make films. And, and that's how I kind of got into, got into this wonderful world of media. How did you find Water Bear? And I guess what drew you to the platform? Because I mean, it's, it's fairly new, but I mean, in the short time it's been active. I mean, it's really, you know, when I was living living in Amsterdam, I I, I sort of came to see it much more because, it you know, it's sort of a European streamer. So it came on my radar and I was like, wow, I mean, this is like top quality everything. Like if you sort of take the innovative approach of, of looking at how to use free content to tell stories and, and how to use these streaming platforms and the VOD platforms to kind of just go direct to consumer. Um, and I thought that was just amazing to for the content you're producing and kind of taking this innovative approach of just like direct to consumer, you know, content, building our own platform and network. But talk a little bit about what Water Bear is and sort of its its mission and vision. Yeah, thank you. I um, often get surprise when I tell people that we're just two years old. I think yeah, it's we, crazy. We, we haven't slept a lot in the last couple of years. Um, no, I'm I'm trying to find that balance now and make sure that we're, you know, working within our means as a team and, you know, everyone can, you know, have a life outside of work because it's super important to us as a, as a, as a team that everyone, you know, not only dedicates themselves to their, to their job and performs, but also has space and energy to, to live their lives. It's incredibly important to us as a, as a leadership group. But two years ago, it was, you know, deepest, darkest pandemic, December, 2020. Um, yeah, maybe two and a half years ago now. And we launched Water Bear to the World and we had kind of 3000 bits of press written about the company and most of them called us the Netflix for nature. They said, you know, we sure. we get it. It's like an eco Netflix. Yeah, I can watch great content. I can stream content, um, but it's great because it's free and it's ad free. 
and free and ad free was a big part of our, <laughs> our, our innovation. And yeah, it's funny that people love the fact that it's free. It's funny. Uh, it's not surprising, I guess, but free and advertising free was a big part of our model and still is because we really wanted to build this beautiful user experience where nothing got in the way. And yep. our, our ultimate dream is that we can use our content and our storytelling to drive mass collective action. And we can touch on that because our new generation of Waterbed 2.0 launches in a couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. But the idea was to create a sticky content journey, a user journey that drove people to not only watch content, but then do something. And our philosophy was that if that journey was impeded by advertising or by a paywall, you know, you'd reduce your chances of success. And, you know, we're starting now two years on to, to kind of prove that, which is really exciting with some of our, our major campaigns. But we we came together then in, in the pandemic and we looked at each other and we said, you know, we could just launch a subscription platform and we could run right. lots of high quality content and we can try and draw audiences to come and pay a small monthly fee. We could even donate some of that monthly fee to mm -hmm. a great NGO, you know, like many people do. But really, our, our philosophy was that we wanted it to be a free and educational platform for the world, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever walk of life you, you've you've trodden. So that was the plan. And it's, it's really starting to work. Um, and the vision has always been to build this global interactive community that is joined together with this kind of common mission of 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 doing doing something great with with your time and we're not asking people to to really do anything more than you know spend some of your right. day watching great right. content becoming engaged with these issues learning becoming inspired and then maybe sharing with friends taking an action signing a petition and really starting to as we say bridge the knowledge action gap so at our heart we're a streaming platform as you said really a publisher you know we really want to yep. have a viewpoint on things but with a difference you know it's interactive it's impact led it's community based so really trying to bring that kind of digital community and streaming platform together in one beautiful beautiful product the caveat being is that waterbear isn't a nonprofit organization. It is a business, correct? So what's the business model, right? I think, is it, if it's free, right, for, for users and there's no ads, like there's there's no friction no, there, right? No so the, the, on, the, the onboarding is so easy and it's, it's so easy to sort of in, engage with the content, right? It makes it so frictionless, which makes it really powerful and engaging for users. Yeah. But on the back end- four or 5,000 people signing up a day at the moment, which is so crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. And so then is the business model just being sort of, a, I look at it where it's like, you're almost just the production and you own the distribution. So people come to you wanting to make films, you know, and you guys create that for them. And then you own the distribution as well. I guess if you can talk a little bit of maybe about the business model. Sure. Our vision really there was, was not that revolutionary, but I guess kind of set us apart in some ways. It was the world of B2B meeting B2C. B2C or DTC, whatever you want to yep, call it. Yep. Um, and so the current business model, yes, we we are a production studio. So much like our other production studios, uh, we, we produce content. Um, we don't actually do that in-house, so to speak. We have an amazing core team, but our vision for production is that we work with producers, storytellers, filmmakers, studios all around the world. Mm -hmm. So we put an RFP out every now and then. Gotcha. We get ideas back from different studios and we commission. It's kind of like a, a studio model. And obviously that's a, a revenue stream as well. Obviously that content that we produce is, you know, we can monetize that content in some ways. A lot of the, that original content that we produce, um, we we obviously launch on Waterbear and there's, you know, an exclusive window on Waterbear and it goes out. And then down the line, we can we can monetize that content either through, you know, selling it to other third parties uh, or, or launching it on different platforms uh, where there's some potential monetization opportunities. So that's kind of pretty classic, classic media. The other thing that we do a lot of at the moment is we work through a, a 
growing network of brands. So we, we build a brand partnerships model. We're working with some incredible pioneering global brands like Nikon, Jack Wolfskin, uh, Ecology, Fairphone. And we're really doing kind of two or three things with these guys, right? We're telling stories so that we're producing branded content. We don't really call it branded content. We call it collaborative content because it's kind of co-creation and uh, a real editorial approach, not just, you know, getting briefed to produce content. We then um, obviously distribute that content across the ecosystem and there's a media value and a media package associated with that. So really it's a it's a brand funded publisher. That's the, the one liner uh, in terms of the, the model. Yep. In the future, we've got some really big ideas. Some of them I can tell you about, some of them I can't. Yeah. Um, one, well, let's one do of, that. Is this is this 2.0? Is this 2.0 now? <laughs> 2.0 is when we start moving a little bit more into the, the world of technology. So, you know, lots of people ask us and they say, are you a content company or are you a tech company? I say, well, we are both. And we play at the intersection of where tech and content meet, really where inspiration through content meets action through technology. And our North Star is really, you know, driven at that meeting point. So what we are doing over the next phase, you know, we're just raising our next funding round and, you know, we're scaling now to, to yeah, more audiences around the world is really to starting to innovate in that technology space. And we've got some really cool ideas around tokenization, around data, um, and trying to do things with a water best spin, right? So everything's designed in a humane way. We're trying to minimize our carbon fingerprint not just carbon footprint and trying to make sure that we design with, you know, sustainable and ethical practices in mind. But we have some big ideas in the monetization space, particularly around education, e-learning, all sorts. So there's there's lots of fun coming up, um, but you'll have to watch this space grant. I can't possibly give too much away. No, I understand. I understand. But I'm excited about it because, I mean, everything, everything you and the team have done so far has been done really 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 well at a really high level if only um, if only you knew the truth internally <laughs> yeah oh hey hey listen there's everybody has hurdles but the final product that is put out is uh is pretty is pretty sweet at this point you know i mean look two years you're gonna go through a year of probably trial and tribulation right to to even get to a point where you you feel you feel decent about now <laughs> Hey, I've been doing this for almost 10 years and, and, you know, it's still, it's still hurdles, right? It's still figuring stuff out. So it's never really over, but there's obviously if you got, you know, four to 5,000 people signing up a day, you're doing something right, right? I'm not the only one that thinks that way. Thank so you. I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about some of the content, right? And and I know it's hard. They're, they're, they're going to be a lot of special projects that are maybe, you know, close to, close to you, but can you just point out maybe some of the ones that, you know, are, are sort of near and dear to you or, or have done really well on the platform or, or, or just or some of the things you want to shout out, maybe some of the films or, or content that you want to shout out that, that feels pretty special. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one project in particular that really comes to mind. You are right. It's very difficult to pick favorites. I guess it's like children, really. You can't really tell someone who your favorite child is, but um, <laughs> maybe you can. I don't know. Uh, but given I've just got back from London uh, a few hours ago, where last week we took over the Curzon in in Soho. There was a bit of a kind of look, mom, we made it kind of moment. <laughs> the Water Bear presents on the Curzon on Shaftesbury Avenue in London. Very which, cool. Yeah. Also, as a Londoner was a kind of big moment in, in just two years. But we were there because last week we premiered our new Waterbed original film, Matar, which was actually a docu-fiction uh, short film. So actually scripted and, and with uh, actors, but based on the lived experience of an asylum seeker in the UK. We were working with an incredible guy called Hassan Aked, who is the creative director of Choose Love, which was one of the NGOs that we worked with as well. And it was produced by Deadbeat Films based out of London. But basically Matar was the story or is the story of a young guy who comes to the UK and because of his uh, status, sheds light basically on the UK's broken asylum system. 
uh, and mm-hmm. actually is working to overturn a bill that's been put forward by the Conservative Party called the Refugee Ban Bill, uh, which basically prevents people from coming to the UK and seeking safe asylum, which obviously is a is a basic human right. So working with Choose Love, working with Ayman Al-Hussein, uh, who is the co-writer and our obviously director Hassan Akkad, as I mentioned, uh, we are super proud of this project um, and the campaign and film have just launched. So yeah, do go and check it out on the platform. Coming up soon, we've been working with uh, an incredible international pianist. I can't possibly say who, but you'll have to <laughs> have to check it out but there's a new film coming to the platform that i really really urge you to watch it again in our way of telling stories to try and break the echo chamber we're experimenting with formats we're experimenting with you know different styles different actors different talent to try and really break out of this kind of environmental echo chamber that yeah the, the, the movement lives in so Love this it. is actually a music video that tells the story of tropical bird poaching with an incredible concert pianist uh, as a as a star that's all I can say, but it's a really mm. exciting project. And I mean, to be honest, guys, we've got over a thousand films on the platform yeah. now that really range from a you know short five to ten minute micro docs all the way up to some amazing features like Watson and others. So there's an incredible plethora of of, of content on the platform that really you can go and watch all for free. So what's to lose? <laughs> Man, one of my last trips we took before we moved back to the US was to Vienna. And yeah. we went to there's an opportunity to go to like I guess they turned Mozart's old apartment into like a, it's like a small room. There's probably like 30 chairs in there. And they just kind of have these, you know, weekly sort of musicians come in and, and, and play. Right. And one of them was a, was like a violinist and like a singer. And then this, this pianist, this person was, he was about to go to like the biggest, you know, stage for, for a piano player like in the world. Right. Like I have no idea about it, but like he started to play and I was like, Oh my God. Like, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, to see a person's life work, like, live is really crazy. And it was like, it it, kind of opened my eyes to just, like, the time dedication into something like this is just overwhelming. And he was, like, sweating, you know, like, it was like an athlete. He's, like, watching an athlete, you know, And, and, like, pouring his heart and soul in this. I was like, this was, like, I don't know. It was unbelievable. Anyway, so, like, just saying that brought me back when you said the 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 pianist i was like man that, that's something i'll never forget you know that stuff was, was super powerful yeah i think you know we don't we don't want water bear to be this digital experience forever i think we are such big believers in the power of convening physical experience getting mm-hmm. together screenings talking watching people sweat feeling that you know blood sweat and tears that goes into creating art and i think for us it's as important to build a big digital community across our platforms as it is to actually get back into the real world we're playing with some some ideas around you know should we limit the amount of time people are watching content on the platform and then say right Mm. you've watched enough go and get outside um because for us reconnecting to nature at a deep level is only done really when you're out there and and actually living and breathing it as much as i am a filmmaker make films and run a film company right we we need to balance that that digital experience with the physical and that's something that we're going to play around with a lot over the next few years and again we've got some really big plans coming up in the kind of event space and 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 convening space which i think is really really powerful so those experiences that you went through grant is exactly what we want to recreate and try and then embed an impact philosophy into those into those gatherings that we're we're going to organize i want to chat a little bit about creators you know emerging creators and sort of maybe just like film festivals like in general and sort of what your I guess what advice would you give to, you know, emerging creators trying to get get into sort of whether it's documentary filmmaking or 
filmmaking in general in a creative way, maybe it's documentary, maybe it's it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever it might be. I guess what what path or or advice would you give to new creators looking to get you know their stuff on a streamer or entering film festivals? I guess has that you know process changed since you sort of you know been in it? Has it is it still beneficial for creators or, or do anything need to change in that realm? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the first thing I'd obviously say is come and talk to us because one of the reasons why we launched the the company was to support a next generation of diverse creative talent. It's literally in our kind of company manifesto. So if you are a young storyteller with great projects or great ideas, please do reach out. You can just email content at waterbear.com. No promises, full transparency that we'll get back to you. That is a very, very, very well hammered inbox. I can promise you that. (laughs) We'll, um, we'll, We'll do our best. But yeah, please, no hard feelings if we if we don't get back to you. The biggest advice I always give I was listening to Steven Spielberg on Desert Island Discs the other day. And did you did you know the story of how he got his first job? He basically like broke into Universal Studios and begged uh-huh. for an in- and begged for an internship <laughs> and then like turned into Steven Spielberg. It's kind right. of crazy. And I think that illustrates my point, which is you have to be quite opportunistic and you have to go for it. I do think to answer your question about whether it's changing, I do think the industry is changing for the better slowly. Um, I think there's many opportunities out there for grants, support systems, training opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think what's also good is people are realizing things like unpaid internships and working for free is not a practical economic model for young talent. It, it really, you know, ostracizes and creates a, a wealth divide, which I think is, well, needs, needs to change and it is changing. Sure. So I think make sure my kind of call to production studios, creative studios, film companies, et cetera, is, you know, ban the unpaid internship. But I think that is actually changing for the better now. And, and that, that has shifted. But I think young filmmakers just need to take their chances, right? They need to get out there and make films. And if you can get your hands on a camera um, and start to shoot and start to create and start to test, Another piece of advice that I always give is don't try and be too ambitious, which sounds a bit boring and defeatist, but it's really not. It's like try and get through lots of projects. Try and put your arms around a project and and start it, finish it, complete it, and move on to the next one. I can't tell you how many half-finished projects I see, how many... Mm people who obviously have the best intentions and awesome ambitious ideas but sometimes actually just rattling through some projects and maybe not taking it to quite the level you dreamed of but it's finished it's done you've wrapped it up you've put a bow on it and then you can move on to the next one that for me is a really good way to to get your portfolio out there build your build your credentials and and start to meet people amazing well we mentioned we mentioned a couple things about technology and i want to touch base back with that a little bit i guess what's possible now right as a as a consumer of a video i know i remember netflix sort of did something where you can kind of go down a different path right it like kind of pauses on a scene and you can go this route with somebody or go that route with somebody and you kind of have this sort of give back model integrated into it or some or, or call it action type of thing i guess what's possible with technology and content these days or what's coming down the line that might you know be exciting for you as a platform but also as you know a consumer like you said maybe maybe the the film stops like you say you kind of cap the time maybe it stops in the middle and say hey to watch the rest of this you have to come to this this festival or something to watch the end or, or so i don't know what it is but what is technology offering now that you, that's exciting now for you as a platform and and as you know visual consumers? That's a great question. You know, I think certain people would 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 answer that in the you know experiential. Let's move mm-hmm. to to the metaverse. Let's you know uh, VR that kind of stuff. And you know yeah. we we are talking about you know some web three plays and what we want to do in in that space. I think for us, what technology is allowing us to do is 
redefine a little bit what we consider success in in media. And for us, that's not necessarily building a business model based on clicks and impressions, but actually building a business model based on impact returns, you know, real measurable change, um, trees in the ground, kids in school, you know, gigatons of carbon sequestered from the atmosphere. And what our distribution platforms and what our partners are allowing us to do is to embed those calls to action into the actual films themselves. And this is something that you'll see much more in our in our new generation of our of our product, but the idea that actually to bridge the knowledge action gap, right? Knowledge, obviously watching content, learning, becoming educated, action, taking an action, signing a petition, donating some money, sharing with friends, you know, maybe even booking a trip, going, as you say, Grant, you know, maybe going and watching the rest of a project through an experience and, and, a, mm-hmm. and a festival. That's what our tech is now allowing us to do. We're also um, working hard on our back end and, and our content management system and having a really interesting ethical debate around should we let the algorithms take over? Should everything be data driven? Should we just mm. kind of let, let tech decide? Or should we really try and build, you know, human driven, content driven story journeys and, and, and learning journeys for people? And we're just having that really interesting ethical debate internally about how, how far down the data driven storytelling approach we go, or should we really stick true to our roots and create these beautiful, you know, editorial journeys that we program for our for our membership group? And that's kind of this push and pull between, you know, a very tech driven product and and much more of a kind of story led uh, editorial product. And again, there's no right answer, really, it's going to be a bit of both. Um, and we're very excited to be able to, to lean much more on data to be able to look at actually what our audience is watching, what people really want to want to see, uh, but also realize that actually what we want is to take people to places they've not necessarily been or the algorithm wouldn't take them. And that requires curation, that requires brain power, discussion, editorial debate. And that's something that we're really interested in. You mentioned sort of Warbear 2.0 and, and, you know, when I was, you know, living in Amsterdam, it was sort of really awesome because I could turn the TV on and Waterbear was integrated into like the Samsung TV, like ecosystem. It was, it was like a yeah. channel on their free thing. And I was like, this is great. Like I, this is, it, it even, it, it takes the friction out of even having to download an app on a TV. Right. And I was like, that was super interesting and great. Yeah. But, that's, that's really important to us, Grant. Right. So I think a lot of people, you know, you find different people out there and lots of people say, right, digital's the future and, you know, app-based products are, are the only way to go. And, you know, all the new Gen Z, Gen Alpha and, you know, young audiences around the world, they only watch content on the mobile, mobile phones. And, and, and that, you know, there's there's truth to that, mm-hmm. but I still think the linear broadcasting world, television is not dead. You know, I think what the average American watches three hours of TV a, a day still. So if you put eight hours, if you're lucky, five hours, if you're not so lucky, of sleep in a day, um, <laughs> plus, plus a day in the office of eight hours or whatever it might be, you know, that's a lot of time still spent watching TV. And then you put the, 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 digital, the digital experiences in there as well. And, you know, you've got basically your whole time is taken up with with, with consuming content. For us, it was very important to build a linear proposition, and we chose to expand our horizons in the fast channel arena. So that's what you've been watching on on Samsung. Yep. So we're now, you know, on these free ad supported streaming channels, and yeah, it's going it's going really well. You know, Samsung are rolling us out to more markets. Uh, the channel's performing really well. We're now working on a couple of other big deals across some different providers, uh, looking at some key markets like the US, where we're expanding yeah. into. If you're a fast, <laughs> that- if you're a fast channel operator or or, or, or provider listening, please. Please do come and reach out because we've got some really exciting content. No, I'm kidding. Well, that was that was the well, that was the the, the question I I had to it was that 
you know, you start in Europe, it, it, there's sort of these regional friction points that you have, right? From going to whether it's Europe to Asia or, you know, obviously North America, these are so different markets. Like you can't just release something and go everywhere, even though it's sort of the internet, right? And that's kind of the point of it. There's still sort of these, I don't know if it's licensing deals or app store sort of different ones that you have to get on. But I guess what is the, I guess what is the barrier to entry to here into US? Is it is it complicated or is it just, hey, you need to have some type of boots on the ground here to kind of, you know, work with with people here or, you know, networks or integrate with the OS, you know, on Amazon, right? Or, or, or whatever sort of Pluto TV, whatever it might be. Yeah. Is it is that coming with sort of 2.0 where the US, it's going to be easier to sort of access Water Bear, not just via like an app? Yeah, that, that's the plan. We're actually, yeah, going to have going to have presence in the US and, you know, to our barriers to entry. Obviously, there's there's a hardware challenge mm-hmm. sometimes you know you actually need to build the product that works um and and actually you know works with the service or, or provider that you're talking to and and you know we've got got a few things working in that space sometimes um it's it's more of a brand awareness piece you know the the u.s is, sure. is, a, big, is a big place and you know despite <laughs> despite lots of amazing people knowing about water bear again we're only two years old and we don't have infinite marketing dollars and we're competing against some very 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 big yeah. well-funded companies um but there's a core contingent now, you know, coming to the platform really regularly. And we're very excited just to expand that, you know, over the next couple of years as we as we run and, and grow our presence over in the US and some other core markets. Our focus is still English speaking world at the moment, which again, is not quite true to who we are as a business. You know, we want more audiences from the global south. We want more storytellers uh, enjoying stories in their own languages. Again, we don't just want to be an English language company. We do have subtitles and things like that now. Sure. But localization is, is a very key part of of our next phase and rolling out into some really key territories, particularly Spanish-speaking world, Latin America, and then, yeah, maybe further down the line, places like India and China. But we've got some some big hurdles to overcome before before that. But, sure, sure. But hardware companies and, and, and providers like Samsung are incredibly supportive and, and have been really powerfully uh, into the Water Bear vision since day one and are really helping us to, to scale the, the channel and the brand uh, in, in different key markets. And, and it seems to be working really well. So again, a huge thank you to those providers who've been with us for for a long time i'll end a little bit on the future here and i know we dabbled in the future but maybe a little bit more kind of goal oriented around you know successes and goals you want to hit if you look at the next three to five years as as perhaps a new you know funding comes in and getting in new geographical areas i guess what are some of the goals and successes you would like to see as a team be implemented over the next let's say three to five years it's a great question we always come at things like that from an impact-led perspective. So mm-hmm. really our success for us is about have we have we created the, the impact results that we wanted to see. So we have an inbuilt impact framework. We have eight main stakeholder groups across the company from storytellers to NGOs to brands to our board to members to our community. And we define key metrics on each of those different stakeholder groups that we want to try and hit. Um, so for me, what what are some of the goals running some of the best and most successful impact campaigns that we've ever done? That's really kind of top of the list. Obviously, creating some incredible content and stories which fuel those campaigns. And, and we've got some big, big films and projects in, in the pipeline. Our real focus over the next 24 months is is driving community engagement, really getting mm. people coming coming to, to our main products regularly every week, every month uh, and engaging and watching 
watching content and taking an action. It's not just enough for them to come and watch a film. Um, it's really the plan is to try and get people to come regularly and, and start to build watching content and taking action into their daily or weekly lives. And that for us is, is the core focus over the next, over the next 12 months. And, and we've got a really exciting roadmap. We've got some new team joining. We've got some new funding coming in. Um, and, and that engagement quest is really something that we're going to be focusing on massively as a, as a company. And then, of course, because as you mentioned, Grant, we're a we're a business. We're we're actually a B Corp, so we're um, a business that's really you know governed by the highest standards of, of of ethics. We really, really want to prove that we can run a, a financially sustainable and and even profitable company. Um, yep. But actually, you know that then fuels the the further impact that we we want to create, and that's something that we're we're working on hard in in the background and really elevating the company now from a business point of view as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time. I know you're super busy and you know, I've been been a fan for, for a while and uh, it's great to see the, see it maturing. And, and like you said, you're sort of up against some Goliath competition, right? But that's also fun <laughs> to me is, is uh, you know, go, going up against them. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, I think it's a fun journey and, and, and enjoy the ride, man. But best of luck to you and the team for the next decade. Grant, thanks for having me on. And yeah, don't get me wrong. We absolutely love being David and taking down a few giants. So yeah, keep, keep <laughs> watch and check out waterbear.com. Um, and yeah, share the love with, with your friends and family because there's some great stuff on there. But thank you, Grant. 